0: Well, former FairGo presenter Kevin Milne ranks as one of New Zealand's television's longest-serving reporters. After joining the FairGo team in 1984, he presented or co-hosted the show from 1993 until 2010, during which time, of course, he helped get some of the biggest consumer payouts in New Zealand history. In 2007, Kevin Milne was appointed an officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to broadcasting and the community, and is a regular on this station with Jack Tame on Saturdays. It's a great pleasure to welcome Kevin Milne on the show for Six and a Song. Hey, Kevin. Hello, Kevin.
1: Hey, it's great to talk to you wonderful guys.
0: And to you, happy anniversary, Kevin.
1: Yes, happy wedding anniversary. <laughs> uh, well, it was, yeah, it was yesterday, actually, but it was uh, it was uh, a wonderful thing, and uh, um, it wasn't a special one. It was 42, but uh, 42's... Uh, I think it's for reasons of leopard, isn't it? That's, you know, heck,
0: yeah. that's impressive. What age did you get married? Oh, you must have been a child bride. <laughs> well, you're fourteen or something, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, but
1: my, my wife wasn't much older. She was about twenty-two, and I was about twenty-nine. Right. <laughs> there you go.
0: Good yeah. stuff. Beautiful. And we're
1: still there's still seven years difference between
0: us. <laughs> yeah, that, that, never, that gap never closes, does it? <laughs> 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 Kevin, what what originally got you into journalism? Um. Well, funny enough, I always
1: wanted to do what you guys are doing. I wanted to be a uh, a broadcaster, like a uh, well. In, in those days, we used to call them annou- announcers.
0: Yeah, right. and
1: yep. uh, and I was very keen because I'd done quite a lot of public speaking and stuff at school, and uh, and I had a, I was born with, a, luckily, with a with a pretty strong voice, and mm. so I was very keen to do it. And, and I went along and had a, a an interview. And uh, um, the, the man taking in charge of a, a, a wonderful Christchurch institution at the time, a fellow called Wally Chamberlain, yeah. he, um, he did the, um, uh, the interview and he said at the end of the interview, Kevin, you have what might be described as a very good uh, New Zealand accent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: but that was, the, that was the preamble to saying, but frankly, not good enough for us. It doesn't sound English enough. Oh, so wow. she sent me, uh, he sent me off to a wonderful wonderful woman by the name of Nita Neal, who uh, was an elocution teacher in christchurch and uh, and after going there for about a year, she said to me one day, kevin, why don 't you instead of um becoming a radio announcer why don 't you instead of reading the news why don 't you actually go and get the news become a journalist yeah." And that seemed to make quite a lot of difference, mm, and um, uh, so uh,
2: that's what I did. And good, I
1: eh? uh, I went straight into the journalism school the next year, and uh, and was in broadcasting a year or so later.
2: Wow. Oh, well done. Now, look, one of the things that not everybody may realise, the famous Kokura UFO sighting. You were part of the team reporting on that. Yes. Uh, would it be fair to say? I mean, and there may be an even bigger story, but was that one of the biggest stories? Because that went totally worldwide, Kevin, didn't it?
1: I remember that day, the main day of that story, when we broke the story. We had so many people ringing into the newsroom, other other um, uh, reporters from around the world, that virtually anybody was t- picking up the phone and taking a call <laughs> yeah. and, and becoming a journalist. If a cleaner had been in there, <laughs> they'd have been asked to have uh, done their uh, their own view on it as well. It was an astonishing story. On the on the main night, the Kaikoura Exciting story was 25 minutes of the 30 minute bulletin and for the first time ever dougal stevenson did the news standing up it was so exciting
0: (laughs) (laughs) what what, what was it i actually vaguely remember that what was the upshot though what what was what were the ufo sightings what did they turn out to be
1: uh they turned out to be fishing uh squid that's what it was
0: yeah that's right do you believe in ufos kevin
1: uh, no, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> Fair enough. But yet, when you saw the lights that they that were filmed, yep. Because what actually happened there is that a guy called Quentin Fogarty, who's only recently just passed away, a lovely guy, um, he was he was working for an Australian channel, yeah, and he was sent up to investigate a report by an Australian that on a flight from Wellington to Christchurch he had seen uh, UFO lights. So he went up with cameras. And and they were into the flight, and he suddenly gets a call from the captain saying, "Would you please come to the front? I think we have UFO flight, uh, U- UFO lights." Yeah. And so it was all on from from that point because yeah. you had you had the captain of the flight actually saying that he that he thought they were uh, UFO lights.
2: That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's move on to Fairgo because it's such a terrific institution in this country. And I've never had the chance to ask you this question, but now I can. Were there ever times during that when you confronted, the, some, some people were kind of villains, really, you were dealing with, when yeah. you were actually scared of these blokes?
1: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I was always more scared of dogs. I, I, I convinced myself that I could talk my way out of almost any situation <laughs> yeah. with somebody who could hear what I was saying. But sometimes I'd knock on these doors, and I knew how dodgy the people would be. And you would hear the dog turn up, and it would be—it it sounded huge, and it would scrape away on that door. Yeah. And I'd be praying that the guy didn't think, "Well, I'll just open the door up, and the dog would take him out." <laughs> yeah. And but it didn't happen. But because you can't—you can't get into a discussion with a dog no. about, you know, you—you'll you, you, give everybody a fair go.
0: What was your What was your most memorable moment on the show? Do you think?
1: Um, I would say. Um, a guy, um, a guy rang me up one, one Saturday morning. I didn't take the call actually. My son took the call, and he said, uh, um, to my son, um, uh, are you, uh, are you related to Kevin? He, and my son said, yes, I, I'm, I'm his boy. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, Alex was about 13, 14 at the time. And he said, uh, would you tell your father that I'm going to blow up his house? Holy smokes! Oh, uh, my goodness! And um, <laughs> so Alex. Alex actually thought it was the greatest thing that had ever happened. He couldn't wait to get to school on the Monday. Yes, but but it was it was a bit nerve wracking, and so I immediately ran tele rang television and told them, and they said, "We've had the same guy call us, and uh, we've got the cops onto it straight away." The cops' initial reaction is that n- not to worry too much. Uh, they seemed to think that he wasn't going to he wasn't going to do anything, and in fact didn't. Right. But it was uh, it was an ex- it was a very exciting twenty four hours.
0: Gee, that honestly, you, you can laugh about it now. But that must have been scary. Did your wife, given you've been married forty two years, yesterday, did she ever say to you, Kevin, I I would like you to stop this job because I can recall stories you did where you people's livelihoods were ruined. They were rogues, but they yeah. w- the, you know you, they did get ruined by Figo. Did you ever get it put upon yes. you to quit? Uh, no, not by my wife
1: because uh, she knew I couldn't do anything else, and uh, <laughs> so I would have. <laughs> she would have suffered a fairly <laughs> substantial pay
2: decrease
1: <laughs> had I been asked to actually go out and drive a bus or something. Do a real job, I, as they say, I, Kevin. Do a real yeah. job, which I doubt <laughs> I could have done anyway.
2: Yeah. Last thing for me before we have a, a short break, Kevin, and go to the quick fire questions. Um, one of the things about Fairgo that I've loved over the years, and there were n- numerous occasions that I can recall when, when you were involved, mate, is not scary things but actually heartwarming things when the right thing was done by, let's say, an insurance company or something. Is there any one of those moments where Fairgo was able to fix up something that really decent people had been jerked over?
1: It's a very interesting point, actually, because we always talk about the crocs as being the tradies and the the electricians and the uh, plumbers and all that sort of thing. But the people that took most of the money were people wearing a, a suit white shirt and tie, yeah. and worked for either a bank or an insurance company. Mm, yep. they, they involved huge amounts of money. And so I was able to actually get in some very, very moving programs uh, where people have been trying for years to get money. I was able to get, well, millions of dollars off these people. And yeah. that was, uh, I, I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. Um, so that. And they were the biggest stories that I dealt with.
0: Joined by Kevin Milne for Six and a Song. Thank you again, Kevin, very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's interesting. Your name is just so well known in this country. You probably won't remember this, Kevin, but uh, I used to work at another radio station, and we did promotions all the time and giveaways, and we had a phone call from you one day, and you said, hello, Simon, it's Kevin Milne here from Fair Go, and I have to say, downstairs shrunk, because I got... It's just your name, your name puts fear into people's hearts, particularly when it's around consumer affairs, did, did, did you use
1: guilty conscience?
0: Well, I I was worried, and you said, "Look, we're thinking about doing a story on fair go on the phone giveaway that we were doing at the radio station," and and All you right. said, "Would you like to do a story on it?" Because there's obviously been some misunderstanding, and I recall thinking, "Hell no, Kevin, I don't want to go on fair go." <laughs> but that wasn't
1: the uh, that wasn't the story that Kevin Black ended up.
2: On, was it? <laughs> no, I no, I was at Radio <laughs> Horaki when that particular story happened, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to go down that path either. But I was, yeah. yeah. But but <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, it, there you go.
0: It must you must have had some funny occasions where you've given your name and people go oh no what have i done
1: oh yes and uh, and uh, philip pelpers tells
0: yep.
2: tells
1: a story once where a tradie came round to his place to do a work took, to do some work took one look at him and just ran, walked straight back out the gate and he never saw him again
2: just <laughs> word that's the downside <laughs> i suppose yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go so yeah.
0: so kevin you know through your television career what would you say has been the highlight for you
1: um I think, to, to be honest, something happened. I was really proud, of course, to uh, get a Queen's Honour yeah, um, yeah. and, and wish my mum and dad were still alive, and that happened. But uh, also being named second most trusted man in the country was an astonishing experience. Mm. I mean, uh, it's just unbelievable in my mind that you know the only guy ahead of you is Willie Appiata. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And, 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 of course, you, you shouldn't take any of these things too seriously. But suddenly you're in a group of people like Peter Sir Peter Snell and um, uh, Sir Brian Lahore and all these people. Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll have you know I was 34th on that list and you uh, haven't mentioned my name yet, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I 34th and coming up. So I think they've stopped it now, which is quite good because I only had the ride down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when, you're, when you're up the top there, this is only one way to go. Should we go to, yes, right, yeah, right. to quick-fire questions? Yeah. So okay. first question, please, Kevin. What yep. is the most extravagant purchase you have ever made? A pair of 1976
1: pink Fiorucci jeans, bought in Knightsbridge just before I left London to return to New Zealand after five years. I pink... Only wore them once. Everybody laughed so much when they saw them <laughs> I walked into a pub, I never had the guts to put them on again.
0: <laughs> That's very extravagant. What is your most prized possession, please?
1: A Mori carved box by master carver Charlie Tuara. He gave it to my father for some work he had done. Charlie Tua was working at the Christchurch um, Museum at the time. Yeah. Uh, he had given carved gifts to royalty and Gene Batten and all sorts of things. It's a magnificent box. But, of course, back in the 50s when he gave it to my dad, we thought that those boxes were basically just sort of uh, souvenir stuff. And so we kept the, card, the cards in them.
2: Yeah.
1: And then uh, after Maori came out, the great art exhibition that traveled the world, Yeah, I tried to find out who had made this card box that we had. And I, I tra- finally tracked down uh, Charlie Tura. Well, I took her around to his house, and I said, and he said to me, he, there was tears in his eye, and he said, Kevin, when I gave this to your father, I said to him, it will come back to me one day.
2: Wow, what a great, and, story. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was, a, it was uh, yeah, so it's a lovely, precious item. Great, story. absolutely.
2: What is your, in New Zealand, what, please, yep. what is your favourite holiday spot? Uh, Breaker Bay, just past Kai Terry
0: Oh, that's a wonder! Oh, yeah, love that. And is it Honeymoon Bay just around the corner from yeah, that? Yeah, and
1: Honeymoon Bay is just the one further on. Yeah. What you say in Bill Rowling's old house.
0: That's exactly oh, I think oh,
1: Jason Gunn used to say that too.
0: That's right. That's right. Mm. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. If you could invite any three people for dinner, famous people, uh, well known people, who would it be?
1: Uh, well, if, if I was allowed to uh, invite people, if, if we could put aside the fact that they're still no longer uh, alive.
0: Yeah, yeah sure, I'd, absolutely. I'd
1: have, I'd have Billy Connolly, yep. John Clark, yep. Fred Dagg, yep, and uh, and then I'd bring in Rachel Riley, the 8 out of 10 cats presenter and oh, mathematician.
2: Yeah, yeah do good. You know, yeah. Do you
1: know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, do. Though? I've seen we the do. show. Love it. The yeah, most that w- gorgeous woman on television, I reckon.
2: You would hardly need to have a drink to be laughing at that one. And so the last question, please. What's the last book or movie that you've really enjoyed? Uh, I
1: really enjoyed the book Elton John's book, Me. Yeah, yeah. it's good, isn't it? (laughs) I couldn't believe that he would write such a a frank book about his life. Yeah, uh, actually, I must read that.
0: It's just classic. That's good. I've got to read that. might be one of my summer reads. Yeah, it's good. Kevin, really good to talk with you. Uh, As always, we finish with your choice of song. What have you chosen and why, please?
1: Well, I know the why because, as I said, it was my um, wedding at 42nd wedding anniversary yesterday,
0: yep.
2: and here's
1: a straight-out love song from the fabulous Jim McMore that a lot of listeners won't have heard. But it's so pared down, it's so simple, it's absolutely gorgeous.
0: As are you, Kevin. I say that in a very masculine way. <laughs> Great to chat with you. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. Kevin Mill.
2: Feel the weight of your skin.